Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to another Recovery Talks podcast. My name is Bill Devil. I'm the mentoring and membership coordinator for Montana's Peer Network, and I'm joined by I'm Ashley McLean. I'm the peer support training coordinator for Montana's Peer Network. And I'm Amanda Walton. I am a peer services coordinator with Montana's Peer Network. For all of you joining me today, we are going to talk about personal bias and how that can affect serving our peers and how not to have personal bias when serving our peers. And most of the time that happens when a peer chooses to have a pathway to recovery that we might not agree with or see red flags in. So we're going to chat a little bit about how we do that and how we support our peers in their pathway without the peer having to feel our personal bias towards them. One way that I, you know, what comes to mind when I think about personal bias and actually meeting Peers where they're at is um, like checking my agenda at the door, like no matter what door, it can be a literal or it can be a figurative door, but I need to, I need to check everything I think I know about this person, this place, and so I can have a new experience with that person. Right. And, you know, for me, it's, it's also about going into a support relationship with preconceived expectations. Sometimes we're not even aware of those, but our ideas of how the world should be, you know, we should ourselves and others a lot with sometimes without, um, you know, without realizing it and, um, you know, checking yourself at the door is important, but also cultivating that awareness within ourselves so we can check ourselves in the moment. Yes. And yeah, realize maybe we need to take a step back. I think that checking ourselves in the moment is is a skill that is learned by trial and error. I know for myself, that is a difficult thing for me to do when someone chooses a pathway to recovery that I know failed for me. Yeah, and I think I think I, you know, I can understand where you're coming from on that because my you know, my personal recovery experience is, is complete abstinence from any mood altering or mind altering substance, right? That's, that's my main recovery path. And, and that's what I choose. And that's not going to be something that everybody chooses. And I have to tell myself that does not mean they're doing recovery wrong. There's no wrong way or, you know, right way to do it. It's, it's a personal journey, right? And I, if I have a bias, that my way is the only way, then my work in um, the behavioral health field um, as a peer support specialist is going to be rather challenging. Right. And, you know, the very, the very concept of recovery is, is one of positive improvement. So when we see positive improvement based on our definition of positive improvement, because that is even subjective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
that means that we are on that recovery journey. We are in the process of healing from one thing or another at various times, often simultaneously throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just, just realizing that just because somebody may not be completely abstinent, this has definitely been an obstacle for me too. Um, not completely abstinent from every single substance does not mean that they aren't reducing the harm or the impact Mm -hmm. because any positive improvement is improvement. And that's something to be celebrated instead of, Oh, that's a failure because you didn't get 100% clean. If, if somebody is going to get to a place of abstinence, sometimes it's a journey in and of itself to get there. Yeah. Cause when you think about that SAMHSA definition of recovery and it's, you know, that we improve our health and wellness and strive to live a self-directed life, right? Like there's nowhere in there that says that we have to be completely abstinent. And, you know, we're just talking about substance use right now. Like, why is it different? You know, why do I have a bias towards that and not with mental health medication assisted treatment or not complete abstinence or mood altering substances in mental health recovery, right? Um, As someone who is now experiencing that in this moment, you know what I mean? You know, for me in this journey of learning not to have bias when I am involved with a peer, it took me a while to realize that when their journey didn't match up with mine, that they were still in recovery. Mm -hmm. And, And for a while there, I didn't even consider that they were in recovery because their model didn't match my model. Right. And, and so I did a disservice to the peers that I was serving by allowing myself to think that way, rather than meeting them where they were at and supporting them in their journey. And that's taken a while for me to not have that bias. And, And it's a skill that's learned. I can remember having, this is where clinical supervision is, is super important for me. I was able to vent mm-hmm. and and just get it all out and because I was at a place where I didn't understand other people's pathways that how that that could possibly even work but I was only looking at it from my point of view mm-hmm. um and and that clinical supervision allowed me to vent and be able to um reframe my own thinking and people's journeys in their recovery. And it gave me a, an appreciation for being able to accept and understand that my definition of recovery is my definition for recovery. Mm-hmm. And other people's journeys and other people's definition of recovery isn't going to always match mine. No. Yeah. You know, and, and that what you're talking about, you know, that that venting space and place, that that debriefing, you're that gives us the opportunity to overcome the culturally conditioned bias that that we then internalize, it becomes internalized stigma mm-hmm. that that we become judgmental towards ourselves and towards others because we judge others 
for the same behaviors that we used to have mm-hmm. that we now resist. And that's where some of that bias comes in. And what bias really is, and, and I, I got this from a great guy named Steven Samra in a call today, right? Mm-hmm. What bias really is, is internalized stigma. Yeah. That barrier, that bias, mm-hmm. that is that internalized stigma mm-hmm. that we have learned. It's that false belief that we hold about ourselves, others in the world around us and yeah. our experience with the world and, and other people. And so, you know, as we are on this transcendental recovery journey together, that's one, that's one huge piece being able to just get past that. And, you know, that, that cultural perception, you know, change starts with one, but whenever a lot of us really start working on that change, that's whenever massive cultural change happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like, where does that start? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that it starts at the very, very beginning when, when I'm sitting down with somebody and I'm not even talking, I'm just talking about in life in general, not in the peer support work, but just life in general. Like I don't need any leading information, right? Especially with my peers. I don't mm-hmm. need any leading information. Like if I'm going to truly go into it unbiased, then I, I have to listen to what they say and what they're willing to disclose to me and not care about a diagnosis or what they did in the past or, you know what I mean? Just where you're at today. And this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? This is what we're doing. And that's how you build rapport. And you know what? I've experienced like some of my biases change because Mm -hmm. I've had to, I've had to experience it in the moment of something that I thought that was a hard no for me and I was super biased for and my mind shifted, right? Because I got to know the person first and I realized that change is actually possible for anyone if they want it. I think also when you have the ability to not have an agenda or have a bias towards a certain topic when you meet with a peer, it truly allows you to be present. Absolutely. It's a different (laughs) level of being present without having an agenda, without having a set way of how you're going to approach a peer. And when you allow that relationship to develop, the path will become clear Mm. and you're able to truly be present, which is is something that I'm still learning how to perfect and do. Um, It's a constant struggle and battle. Um, of my own personal biases because of what has worked for me and how I think things should work. Um, and and when, when you say check your agenda at the door, I have to check my whole self <laughs> at the door. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and that takes practice, practice, practice. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say you're in good company with the practice thing. It's it's an ongoing life journey. It doesn't end just because we suddenly become a certified professionalist. You know, that's actually where a lot of the real work, the hard, hard work begins because guess what? Now we're modeling. Yeah. And, and we're, we are striving to cultivate within ourselves that open and accepting attitude that creates that space for rapport and mutuality to to grow and, and develop and, you know, how we be, be accepted, that energy that we put out to the people that we support can be the difference between somebody relapsing, losing hope, going suicidal, and actually seeing an ignited hope within themselves. And 
transforming their lives just because of the interaction, that communication, that safe space, that unconditional acceptance, unconditional love. You used that phrase earlier, you know, that's what we're doing. We're unconditionally loving and unconditionally accepting other people for who they are and where they are at in that moment and being that supportive vessel, that sounding board, that mentor, that coach to move forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, This month we're talking about the 10 guiding principles of recovery. And where do you guys think that personal bias and kind of what we discussed today lands in those principles? So, so for me, for sure, it deals with hope because when we don't have bias, we allow our peer to explore options that might not have been on the table if we come in with our own bias. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the peer gets to develop and understand what hope means for them mm-hmm. and what that looks like, which once again, can totally look mm-hmm. different to the peer than it does to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's where I would think think not having bias or allowing personal bias when meeting with the peer would land. I kind of feel like it fits into every single one of them. Yeah. I think hope is, the, is, is definitely a um, primary factor, but that's the foundation for all of the other dimensions, right? Person-driven, many pathways, holistic, peer support, relational, cultural, trauma-informed, strengths, responsibilities, and respect. We're going to learn to cultivate all of those things when we're in a space that's, that's open. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to experience that hope that, that drives us to, to make more positive choices and to seek recovery and to, to see ourselves as a holistic being and not just focus on one piece and, and then be more open and accepting to developing relationships and accepting relationships with peers. Um, so, so I really see how it fits into all of them, but I really agree though that hope is the primary factor there because if we don't have hope, the rest of it is is not going to happen. Yeah. And I think with, you know, when there's that bias, like for me, one that sticks out is the, you know, recovery comes by addressing trauma. And when we go in unbiased, like we're helping and supporting people on addressing that trauma and reducing stigma and, you know, all, all that good recovery stuff. So thanks for joining us for another recovery talks podcast. If you would like to be a part of a podcast, you can get a hold of any of us. So thanks for joining us and have a great day. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.